0: Welcome back to another episode of Songwriting Saves the World season three. With today's special guest, may Krell. May Krell. May Krell is a songwriter. A hustler. May Krell, a hustler. We found out that they used to be a photographer. We thought that was really interesting. All of the hats. Actually wears all the hats, does everything. We think is the coolest thing ever. Is very insightful, is very talented, and we're excited for you to hear this interview. Before we do, follow us on Instagram, homies, at Sorry and Saves the World on all social media where we are. You know and the if drill. We're not there. We're not there, Queen. Do it now. TikTok, Insta, all that.
1: Also, you can support us on Patreon, which who wouldn't want to do that? So much fun. It's only yeah. four dollars a month, which is absolutely nothing in the grand scheme of life. Yeah, what is money? I mean, to be
0: to be quite honest, what is what even is that? What is a stock market? No, 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 yep. What is an economy? What is what is money to us? Long, one big question mark. Something that you should put towards this podcast.
1: So it's an exclamation point. Yeah, it's an exclamation point. You should definitely support us. <laughs> yeah, only $4 <laughs> a month. You get a pretty, pretty beautiful Songwriting Saves the World sticker and a mm-hmm. beautiful note written from our hearts.
0: Yeah, and you can just like message us on there anytime. <laughs> whenever you want. <laughs> you want to talk. <laughs> it's a fun
1: time for all of us.
0: And there's extra content. And also, if where you're streaming this, Spotify, Apple Music, I mean, Apple Podcasts, there is a like button or a download button or a place to leave a review and a comment, definitely do that. It helps us a lot. And we love you and forehead kisses. Mwah. Mwah. But without further ado, we'll jump into this interview with May Krell. Let's go. May Krell is a 22 year old singer and songwriter based in New York City. They put out their debut EP a basis in 2018 which garnered hundreds of thousands of streams and has tracks placed on Spotify editorial playlists such as Queer's folk since then they've released several successful singles such as garden snow and most recently colorblind thank you
1: for being on the show we're excited to chat thank you thank you for having me so we have a little icebreaker question for you and we wanted to know what the first concert you ever went to was and what the best concert you've ever been to was mm-hmm
2: First show I ever went to was I saw Ed Sheeran at Radio City. I think I was oh, first no, one. shit fourteen, maybe? It was the first show I'd ever gone to. Um the best show. That's so difficult. I
0: yeah.
2: <laughs> I've literally no I've never like actually thought about that.
0: Um We're forcing you to rank them.
2: <laughs> yeah, right. I honestly like might stick with with the Ed Sheeran gig, the first one that I went to as well. It was during the Plus era, and I like, mm-hmm.
0: didn't
2: conceptualize what live music would be like until that show. And so even mm-hmm. if it wasn't like the best gig I went to, it was definitely the most influential. So, I, yeah. so that's kind of... I'm just going to stick to that.
0: <laughs> I was going to say, once you've seen Ed Sheeran where like where do you go up from there? right <laughs> like what else do you see i don't know like beyonce i guess but that's kind of What's top there? of the top it's also a different know type his... of live performance yeah, yeah
2: back then it was like his early ep and, and first record performances were insane mm-hmm. um, was,
0: was he doing crazy. the like loop pedal thing because i heard that he just yeah. performs like alone with the guitar and a loop pedal
2: yeah, at the time, I know, I think now he might have some instrumentation going on, but at the time it was like just the guitar, the loop pedal. He did like a, like acapella song as well. Like, you know, Radio City's, you know, pretty big. So yeah, Yeah,
0: good echo for that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's cool. <laughs> so can you start with giving us kind of a background summary of your musical journey and what has brought you to where you're at now?
2: Yeah. Um I started in music uh through photography, which mm. is kind of like a uh, backwards cool. start, I guess. But um I grew up in New York City and I went to that gig that I mentioned, the Ed Sheeran show, and I just mm-hmm. like had a moment where I was like, I wanna do that. I didn't play any instruments, yeah. I'd never written a song and I had no idea what I was doing and I was like fourteen years old, but I knew I wanted to do like that, you know? Mm-hmm. Um but I was shy and I didn't know what I was doing. And so I kind of was trying to conceptualize if I can't do that what's the closest I can get and the closest Mm. person to the stage was the photographer and so I was like maybe I could do that so I got like a really Mm -hmm. cheap camera on eBay and started figuring Mm -hmm. stuff out and um very quickly it became the main focus of my life like I was at shows Mm -hmm. like four nights a week when I was like 16 and i did some like short tours and did some like pretty serious photo work and once i got to a point where i was doing it properly i was like i don't Mm want to do this (laughs) you know so it's like i was enjoying it when i was like when it was a hobby Uh and then once it became serious enough that i was like properly helping other musicians advance their careers Mm -hmm. i like realized that i wanted to i actually wanted to be making music i couldn't Mm -hmm. just get close to it
0: um pretend anymore (laughs) <laughs> yeah, and
2: so I kind of just, like, decided that it didn't matter if I was good or not. I'm just going to try because I didn't have the mm-hmm. self-confidence. I'm still questionable about, about how I feel, but um. I just, like, I picked up the guitar when I was 17, mm-hmm. I think, properly for mm-hmm. the first time, so, like, pretty late in comparison to most people I know. Um and just started messing around and trying to figure stuff out. And yeah. Anabasis, the EP I put out when I was 18, was like the first songs I would ever written.
0: Mm-hmm. Um,
2: which is also, it's unfortunate that they are on the internet publicly. But um, <gasps> No. Yeah, so, and then I kind of went from there into just writing more and learning more about music and, and still doing photography, but in a different way. And so I was kind of mm-hmm. involved in the industry in a lot of different sectors. Um, and after touring to support Anabasis DIY for about two months, I like took a step back and, and built more of like a catalog, um, and started putting stuff out like properly that I'm proud of. And mm-hmm. that's, that's uh recent and that's kind of what I've been doing since early 2020.
0: That's so interesting that you started with photography. Cause I feel like, like the things our brains do to avoid being honest <laughs> about what we really want is just insane
2: yeah well it's a lot of fear too I think and yeah it's not like photography like I know so many aspiring music photographers and it's not like doing that is necessarily easy either
0: yeah yeah of course you know what I
2: mean so it's kind of like a funny it was a, a funny thought I guess but it was I started when there weren't any young people doing it at all. And it hasn't been that long. Mm. But there were no young people run publications. There mm. were no women in the pit. There like nothing. Mm. Um when I did Warp Tour, I think I was one of like five women. Wow. On the whole tour cool. in 2016, wow. 15 outside of the women performers, like crew. And so now so it's you're like a trail amazing. Blazing. It's amazing like, how <laughs> how um like much stuff is advanced and how much power young people mm. have. Mm. But at the time it was like crazy. Like I knew all the old men that I shot with like every every show. Yeah. And so it's, like, not – it's funny because it's not like that was necessarily an easy thing to do, like, hypothetically. But in my brain, it was much easier than putting myself out there, you know?
1: On stage. Yeah. Right,
0: you solved one problem with another.
2: (laughs)
1: Yeah, exactly, exactly. You were really hustling, though. Four shows a week is a lot. I just wanted
2: to go to gigs, and I couldn't afford it. So any show that someone sent, I was there.
0: That makes sense, though. And that's sick to be, like, a teenager – in new york doing that
1: yeah
0: yeah you probably musically like picked up a lot as well i think i I definitely learned a lot about the back
2: end of stuff um Mm -hmm. like just got the hiccups great timing (laughs) um (laughs) just like like what's important in the sound setup and Mm -hmm. and how things run and how like artists keep themselves grounded on runs and stuff like that Mm -hmm. um and I've definitely watched people play their instruments a lot. I wish I was I was able to mm-hmm. do that. That's a goal of mine currently, is <laughs> I'm trying to actually learn how to play okay, rather than just right. like, yeah, messing yeah. around, you know? Um, mm. But yeah, no, it's, it's... So there's so many different types of people in music, and it's amazing to be able to be around them and watch them.
1: Well, speaking of things that you picked up and learned from being around other musicians... We have we talk a lot on the podcast about a songwriter's toolbox, which is essentially just little tips and tricks that you've picked up from writing and from the years that you've spent creating. And so we wanted to know what are three things that you have in your songwriter's toolbox that you use when you're creating and you're writing music. Cool question.
2: One of the like biggest things that I do for lyrics is that I I write down little ideas all the time I think a lot of people do this like Mm -hmm. in my phone Mm -hmm. notes especially it's quite the um treasure chest (laughs) and I find like one line that is like very like effective to my emotions or to something that I want to focus on and I'll write the track around it Mm -hmm. sometimes that line Mm -hmm. doesn't end up in the song (laughs) either Um, But typically taking like one sentence kind of of inspiration to write lyrics around works really well for me.
1: Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I
2: I, a lot of times will write lyrics before instruments, before like a melody. So that's kind of something that I do in that sense. Um, I've tried and made an effort to just write all the time and finish Mm -hmm. things that I think are bad. That's something that a lot of musicians that I've met have said and just Mm -hmm. talked about. That mm-hmm. um, songwriting is like a muscle. So it's yes. like if you're someone who just writes when you're inspired, that's really great. It makes you feel like a real artist. But you can't really <laughs> keep that consistent for that long. Yeah. You yeah. It's, then it feels like a matter of luck. Um, and then I actually saw this on TikTok recently, but I thought mm-hmm. it was really smart. Love um, it. Like to – like when you're going to write a song – like, and have the concept of what it's about. And then Mm -hmm. you take Mm -hmm. words that make you think of that and then find words that stem off of it and then find rhymes Mm -hmm. for all of them and then go write the song. So when you're going to write the song, you have this page full of not only, like, words that fit the theme and make you think of it, Uh. tactile sounds, whatever, and then you also have, like, rhymes for them if that's the way that you write. And so then you Mm -hmm. won't run out of words, essentially, and you won't have to get stuck.
0: That's actually that's my, great. Like mine we have yet yeah. to hear that. Yeah. Super the cool. Song. I and think it's toolbox in the artist's the way.
2: I could be lying, but I think that's where it's from.
0: Oh, the artist's way. I've heard of that. I love that you said um, finish things that are that you think are bad. Because I feel like that is just the most valuable Lesson ever, and something that it, like, it feels uncomfortable. Yeah. Oh, yeah. writing something you think is bad, you're like, let's ditch it. I don't just want to throw this. it out, yeah, yeah. like crumble exactly. it up I and don't throw it in the corner. See this. I'm not trying to associate no. with this. Me, <laughs> no, I totally understand that.
2: I like but it's even so have important. that while I'm working on music. Like, yesterday, I was in the studio mm-hmm. with Jacob, who's one of my good friends who has been mm-hmm. producing my stuff recently and engineering it. And I came in, we were kind of listening through stuff with the scratch vocal before cutting the real one. And I was like, what do you think of this song? And he was like, what do you mean? What do I think of it? He was like, I really like it. It's one of my favorite things we've done. And I was like, really? I was like, I feel like I hate it. And He was, he was like, is that because you hate everything you do? Or is that because you hate it? And I was like, option A, but right. I'm not sure how I feel about it. So that's why I asked your opinion. And so we were like discussing this song that like is Literally just needed a fucking like uh I don't know if sorry, I didn't mean to curse. No, I don't you know, like a final vocal on it. And so even working on tracks right. later through, sometimes I like sit in that, like I'm not sure how I feel about this thing.
0: Um No, yeah. And
2: every time we're like, Okay, we just cut a final vocal. In a couple of days, come in with a new song. i He's like, send me demos, and I'm like, I have so many ideas that I didn't finish because I hate them. And he's like, just finish them. And I'm like, yeah. So I like I say that, and it's important, and I remind myself of it all the time too. Like I'm not like perfect in practice.
0: No, of course it's hilarious. Like I, I feel that most of the time I, I am not a good judge of whether what I do is good or bad. I was I was we both know. You know Rachel Bachner, right? Queen, yes. Right. And so <laughs> Rachel and I write together a lot. And I was texting her yesterday and sending this chorus I had just written. And I was like, is this horrible or is this really good? Like, is this really good or is this actually going to make your ears bleed? I Because I've written it. three different choruses tonight and I feel like they're all trash but I know statistically that's probably not true <laughs> One of because there's just been so many of them <laughs> but I just couldn't hear it I had listened to it so many times I just didn't know
2: that's fair Because you
0: need an you need an outer perspective
2: well also when you listen to something like if you're writing a track and let's say you did the chorus first and so you've heard the chorus so many times Sometimes I'm mm-hmm. like, did I write someone else's song? Like, have I heard this before? Oh, or is yeah, it just familiar gosh, yes. because I've written it? Like, I've been singing it so many times. Yes. Right? Okay. Yes.
0: <laughs> no, I get that as well. Yeah. I mean, sometimes I do accidentally rip people off of their melodies. Well, yeah, Sometimes that it happens. is like. Yeah, yeah. I've heard this so many times that it weirdly sounds familiar. Or maybe there was just aspects of it that were reminiscent of other things, but it actually is new. Yeah. That's it's true. hard to know. Yeah, I think
2: Something it's really easy hot. to accidentally rip people off, which, just because there's so much music out there. Keyword, accident.
1: Yeah, no
0: one is... <laughs> Accidentally, quote unquote. is an accident as long as no one catches on. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> this season of the podcast is focused on queer artists, so we wanted to know who were, like, either growing up or now, your kind of queer musical icons. I
2: wish I had a quick answer to that. I like forget <laughs> when artists are queer. Unless they're artists that are like queer first and then artists. Mm, mm-hmm. And so I literally a lot of time have to like when people are like, queer, some of your favorite queer artists, I have to go through in my head of like who I listen to and then try to think of who mm-hmm. of them is queer.
0: Um Wait, I wanna I see don't... if I know. Let's who do you listen to?
2: Think I listened to anybody who was queer growing
0: up. I also I'm had never met right
2: a properly queer couple until i was 18 so
0: oh my that could be
2: part of it i mean i did listen to like queen but like (laughs) you know
0: but past that
2: i don't think i really listened to anybody queer growing up i listened to a lot of Israeli music because my, my parents are cool. both Israeli and my dad's English is good now but has been questionable mm-hmm. for years and I say good, <laughs> it still has a very heavy accent mm-hmm. and so mm-hmm. he just very much connected to music from home and mm-hmm. so there was a lot of like Israeli folk music that was in the house and stuff like that. Makes sense. And then my mom like just just wasn't queer artist so I don't know but let's see. <laughs> well okay, first of all, I love Lil Nas X, speaking of current queer oh, artists. Yes. King For Industry sure. Baby, I
0: love him. Slops. Oh, it's song. so good. So good. Um, I have he's like a playlist in like the best way ever.
2: Oh I, well, and he's so smart. Like he knows exactly what he's yes. doing, and that's part of he why really I does. like him. So impressed with him all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, Conan Gray's new song is great. Oh, he is gay. I love, him. I love Conan. I had Gray. to think about that. Um, I've been unhealthily obsessed with Ethel Kane lately I don't know if you guys have listened to her I don't either. know them she's trans I think cool yeah that's the, that's the queer side I think she's straight otherwise but um she makes <laughs> says like, disappointedly oh yeah all be you know but she has this one song with Wicca phase that I really like off of her EP but she put this record out mm-hmm. and I have had it on repeat Lil Aaron is on one of those songs too which is a very interesting combination. Um, Uh but it's, like, dark, electronic, but slow, kind of meshed with, like, kind of folk vocal influence. Interesting. I, like, love the record. So she's, I'm like, she's queer. Great. Who else do I listen to? That
0: sounds good. We'll have to listen to it. Oh,
2: Chelsea Cutler, I found out recently, is Oh, for sure.
0: I didn't know that. Queen. So I love
2: her. Um, new song is great. Who else?
0: I, we love Chelsea Cutler around here.
2: I didn't know she was gay. My friend, like, my friend is, like, a TikTok playlister, one of my best friends, and... Uh-huh. Don't tell her I said TikTok playlister, but... <laughs> 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 but, um, she... Uh, and made like a Pride Month playlist and Chelsea Collar was on it. And I was like, Is Chelsea Collar gay? And she was like, Yeah. And I was like, What? I was like,
0: That's the best thing ever. Of course. Um,
2: yeah, so. it's actually
0: hilarious. Well, I'll do this in my own personal life if I'm trying to find out if somebody is queer. But also, the skill has come in handy a lot for this season of the podcast because we're like, Okay, it's going to be focused on queer artists. But how are you supposed to fucking know? Like, if someone That's is very not true outwardly talking about it. And very so true. I've become very good at like scanning. Who people follow on Instagram, <laughs> and using that as like an assumption, no, dude, it's so accurate. Really, it's weird. Yes, it really is. I mean, because you can look for like the the big ones. Like, do they follow Gay Times? Like, oh, I. But don't then the think most I specific. Do. i not everyone, but some people do. Like, if there's any like um, gay YouTubers, are very common. Oh. Or. There's yes. a lot of Shannon Beverage. That's that's like a sly one that okay, like gets thrown fair, in there. Or fair. like Fletcher or just things like that. Okay. And then we kind of like tally up like what that's we really think. That's really funny. And then you're like, maybe. Conclusion. Yeah. And then know, just then slither we're like, the oh. word
2: queer in the email and <laughs> exactly. like see if it works out. <laughs> like see um, if, yeah.
1: Just wait. Yeah, just wait oh, a little bit. I
2: don't know if this is how you pronounce her last name, but Joe Aladikun. I love. I she just played them. um she's a lesbian queen. She just played mm-hmm. the Newport Folk Festival. My friend Jacob was telling me. Oh, cool. But I love her her album in Defense of My Own Happiness came out kind of recently and it's really, really, title. really good. I'm gonna
0: look her up after we um yeah, we'll have to listen to it. Amazing. What's her her voice is, is amazing. Great? Her
2: songwriting is like incredible. And then of course Rachel Bachner, you know, my favorite bisexual singer songwriter. i can't forget. <laughs> Um that's like I was like
0: scrolling through, I'm like, who's queer? You know, so it's it's
1: (laughs) Well you did it. Yeah. You got a lot of new got a
0: lot of new artists to look at now. (laughs) Okay, now after this
1: I'm (laughs) just gonna go and binge some new music.
0: Yeah. I'm
2: always looking for new music.
1: If you guys have anything, let me know. So the production on most of your songs is very stripped back and has folk influence. What artist do you draw inspiration from and how have you purposefully shaped your sound? I can't speak English. Purposefully I shaped your sound.
2: That. Um, So the production on a lot of the stuff I have out versus colorblind and what's coming is very different. Mm-hmm. Mm. So I'd say the earlier stuff, so anything before Snow, um, is was kind of just like how I imagined the songs in my head. Mm -hmm. so Mm -hmm. like in garden when I thought about it I was like I want a playground in like in wash I was like I want a washing machine to open the track like I kind of wanted these samples and stuff and so part of producing those songs was having the conscious idea that I wanted those to stand out and so the rest of the production can be too crazy Mm -hmm. um snow was just like fun pop kind of There wasn't really anything crazy there. And then I think I'm really coming into my sound with my newer music. I like, it's by far the happiest thing, like my favorite stuff that I've done. Like I'm most excited about Mm -hmm. it. You'd hope so since it's new. Um, Right. (laughs) But Colorblind and I have a song coming out on August 20th, Rest Stop, um, Mm. They just like have more of a full bodied instrumentation while still feeling like folk music. Mm. And I think that's yeah. kind of something that like Phoebe Bridgers' early music does. Like it's very full, yes. but it still sounds like folk music. Or like yeah. Gregory mm-hmm. Allen is cough or um, mm-hmm. Father John Misty. Like a lot of artists that, that I love, there's full bodied instrumentation, but it doesn't leave the influence. So that's, I think, kind of right. where where I'm going, where the goal
0: is. That makes a lot of sense. I love, I love that. that. Anything Phoebe Bridgers-esque, <laughs> I can get behind. I really Have you guys can. heard Girl Puppy? No. Yeah. She
2: Her name is Becca. She just put out a song that's actually pretty good. But um, Marshall Vore produces her music. And mm-hmm. her song Cheerleader sounds like straight early Phoebe Bridgers. You can tell that Marshall produced both the songs too so I think you Exciting. guys should check it out I especially really as, nice as songwriters I think you'll be able to to
1: hear mm-hmm. it
0: so a lot of your music you use kind of like what I think are like beautiful metaphors to speak about feelings and and mental health and your experiences and and things like that but when you're writing how do you balance like being specific enough in your lyrics that people can follow what you mean and adding your kind of poetic imagery and your own insight to the situations you're speaking about.
2: I think sometimes I try to make it not make sense.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Also, um...
2: Like, are you sure is, like, so open-ended and there's, like, not really any Mm -hmm. outward metaphor in it. And it's very just simple lyrically, but it was written on purpose Mm -hmm. that way. Mm -hmm. Um, And I've had so many different people say it means so many different things. And I was like, great, love that. That's kind of what I meant to do. Yeah. Um, And to me, it's very specific meaning. Like, it's never had more than one meaning to me, but it was written in a way where it could. Mm -hmm. Right. Um... But in general, I think I still want the song to make sense to me. Mm -hmm. And I think it's really easy to get too caught up in metaphors in which the song lyrics then just absolutely make no sense at all. And if that's your vibe, that's great. Um, Mm. But I just I want to keep it grounded with like a little bit of air on top, if that makes sense
0: just in the way that that it definitely makes sense
2: if you would like just read a book and you're like super inspired to like think about metaphors the way that you would think in that situation Mm. so just like make it feel kind of natural as well um yeah and I use some metaphors that to me are very obvious and to other people aren't, which I don't realize, too.
0: <laughs> Just goes over our heads.
2: Yeah. yeah. Well, like, Garden, to me, was, like, very, very obviously about something specific. And, like, mm-hmm. only specific, like, very specific people in my life have been like, oh,
0: yes, this.
2: You right. know? So it's always interesting to me when I think it's obvious and
0: it's not. No, but I love that, And I think your music does strike that balance really well. Because, obviously, you want people to be able to interpret Um lyrics kind of themselves and apply it to their own lives but i also i mean i'm a big like lyric genius like fan i love Same. knowing about what things mm. meant to artists specifically Me too. and even like i think of maybe like garden song by phoebe bridgers i don't know I if you like yeah it's very i mean it's very like drenched in metaphor it's not it's, like straightforward at all But it still feels that there's an arc and it feels that there's a story. Mm -hmm. And you can assign different like exact narratives to what she's talking about, but there is a narrative, regardless of like how kind of metaphoric the lyrics are. Yeah. Which I I feel that your music is similar in that way. I love that song. (laughs) I think that might be my favorite song
2: of hers. My friend and I were just talking about this. I love the low, the low harmony that I think her yes. tour manager sang. I could be wrong though.
0: No way, really? I th-
2: I think so. I like saw an interview. Could be lying to you, but where she was saying <laughs> that one day she like got got off like after a gig and like heard her tour manager just mm-hmm. like singing, and he had this like low low voice, and she was like, "That's oh, what sick. you sound like," and ha- and he's the low <laughs> the low harmony on that track, like the oh, super that's so low cool. voice. Yeah. Apparently, he's a very large man. I <laughs> forgot where from, but she said he's, like, very large. that's like, that nice like perfect. That's In so the funny. In studio now. Want
1: yeah, exactly. Bet. Yeah. That's yeah, super, super. <laughs> that's hilarious. Cool. Well, our last question for you is a song breakdown, which essentially mm-hmm. is just kind of from the inspiration of the song to what the writing process was like and now how you feel about it since it's out. And we wanted to know if you would do a song breakdown of Colorblind. Sure. Mm That would be fun. Mm -hmm. Um, So (laughs) I I wrote
2: Colorblind in a 24-hour breakup period with an ex-girlfriend of mine. So we were actually back together while I was recording it in our apartment. Which (laughs) is interesting. And we are now not together anymore. Um, Right. Okay. So... Yeah, I, like, texted her when it before it was coming out, and I was like, can I have your permission to use these photos for, like, an Instagram collage? I think it'll look really nice. And she was like, yeah, I guess.
1: These <laughs> um,
2: like, photos of us. But, um, yeah, so we had had, like, we were going through a really rough patch, and I was in New York, and she was in Colorado, um, still with her family during the holidays. And I actually was the one who was like, we should break up. And then I went and wrote this dramatic song, like, as if it was my doing. Um But it just, like... I, and I, I think I've said this in an interview I did, but I never understood, like, the dramatics of, like, breakups and stuff and, like, movies mm-hmm. and books or whatever, but I also, like, never really been in love with anyone before, mm-hmm. and I never, like, looked at someone and seen myself actually be able to, like, be with them long-term, and, like, not to right. be depressing, but, like, live long enough to actually have that, too, right. you know? Yeah. Um, maybe like not too depressing, but let me say something. Depressing. But um, so it was it it hit me really hard, like the thought of of losing mm-hmm. her, and it was like four a.m. and I like wrote just like wrote it and went to sleep. It was just like very momentary. Um, and then we got back together and made up, and then we were back in D.C. in our apartment while I was like recording mm-hmm. the vocals and going back and forth with Jacob, like in the office Mm -hmm. which was Mm -hmm. funny um and a lot of the lyric lyrical piece of the track is very like inspired like it's there's very specific lines that are about the relationship but I kind of took Mm -hmm. it and made it into a story Mm -hmm. on purpose kind of like what we were talking about so it's like there was no sunset she didn't leave I broke up with her from across the country (laughs) um (laughs) (laughs) The the first line that I wrote for it, I think, was tell me you love me one more time before it's all wiped from my mind. Because I have Mm -hmm. a very hard, I have a very not good memory, partially due to my mental health stuff that, like, Mm -hmm. my brain will kind of, like, shield me from negative things that happen. So I don't, like, hate myself for it. It's, like, almost like a trauma response. And so, like, Mm -hmm. I forget those things, like, good things, too, like, immediately. So that was kind of the first thing that I wrote for it. Um, said, I'm trying to think. The the, (laughs) you said that if you died, you'd haunt me. She did say that once, and I stole it
0: with her permission. That's that's very badass and scary. Yeah, it's a good (laughs) one.
2: I know it's a good one. Um, there was no like car park, there was no walk, there was no Mm -hmm. hand squeezing. Like, that's very just like visual to create something. You know, I did get my license a couple months before, so I could drive. (laughs) Sorry, maybe so, that's a little
0: bit of it. Based in
2: reality. <laughs> a little bit, a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Um Yeah, it's it's really a lot of it's just metaphor to show try to show how I was feeling and I think part of the mm-hmm. idea was to make it almost as dramatic as as heartbreaks in movies and books are. Yeah. Like that that breakup and heartbreak wasn't necessarily dramatic, but it felt like it. So I wanted yeah. to make the yeah. song feel like that. And part of the production with Jacob was doing that as well. We went... That was the first song we did together, and it took us, like, months. Uh-huh. Like, we went back and forth and back and forth and back and forth on, like, right. absolutely everything because it was the first song we did together, out. and it was remote.
0: Yeah, well... We had only hard. met
2: once in person before. I did some photos uh-huh. for him, for his songs. I did some, like, photos, and that's the only time we had met. Aww. Um And then now, I guess, how I feel about the song now. Um... It's recent enough that I, like, don't hate it yet. It's a good thing. (laughs) Never hate Um, it. Yeah. Um, I feel like it's kind of, and I think I'll remember it fondly because it's kind of an intro Mm -hmm. into, I think it's the first song that I put out that I really feel like I'm, that, like, represents both lyrically, vocally, like, instrumentally, just, like, just narrative-wise and, like atmospherically like how I wanted a song to sound mm-hmm. like yeah. I didn't realize and I think you guys will probably get this because it seems like you work with a lot of people around your age but like mm. I had never worked with someone close enough to my age and like that I I felt like I could really relate to a lot in what yeah. I and sharing what I want for a track yeah and so like working with Jacob has been like i'm like obsessed with him i like always tell him like everything <laughs> i do you are mentioned in like i like stand right. you and tell everyone that i stand you and I he's stand like I you. um but working with him like he's the most talented person i've ever met at like a completely Aww. different level from anything that i could ever imagine oh, myself to be but also is understanding and open and wants to like get what i mean and help do it in a way that I'm not capable yeah. of because I'm not mm-hmm. there and that's something that like I hadn't I hadn't been around I was used to people who were like been in music longer just kind of being assholes because you're not yeah. at right the just same kind of doing their level. own thing yeah. yeah especially men yep. yep. which that does I'm sure you both happen. understand that checks
1: out yeah yeah it so attracts.
2: it's definitely been I like look back at the f- track very fondly in working on it
1: I,
0: I have part. to say, the 24-hour breakup thing does give me um, "Happy" by Julia Michaels energy. Oh. Um, you know the part where she goes, "Sometimes I think I kill relationships for art. I start <laughs> up all this shit to watch it fall apart. I pay my bills with yeah.
2: it." Honestly, that's, it
0: doesn't a- <laughs> that's hilarious. That's
2: a great story, <laughs> yeah, though. Yes. It was. I mean, it wasn't on purpose, but okay, like
1: now looking but it back, worked it, out, could, it did could
2: bring a good song right yeah so and it's also the first like song i ever put out that's not about myself you know narcissist me but (laughs) it's like the first track that i ever like any like breakup song love song like everything else has kind Mm -hmm. of been like maybe written to other people but like in an emotional sense very internal Mm
0: -hmm. and this one's
2: kind of like a little bit more external which was interesting as well
0: those are all our questions for you today thank you for being on the show
1: thank you thank you for having me Thank you for listening to that interview. Thank you guys so much for listening. We hope that you enjoyed it and gained a lot from that conversation. Maycrow's Instagram will be
0: linked in our description. And they are Maycrow on Spotify, iTunes, all of that. Check Just it out. Check it out. We'll see you next week. We'll see you next week. week.
1: Bye. See that I'm a rock stars girlfriend. I'm a rock stars girlfriend.